Hi, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to The Wibs, the podcast for women in business. We're here with practical, real advice to help you get ahead at work. Without the BS. We'll be the work wives you've always wanted. Let's go. Hello, I'm Natasha. And I'm Penny. And welcome to our Wednesday Wibs Whip. You did it absolutely perfectly it this time. It is going to get to a point where it's just second nature. Yeah, and, and we don't have to announce the fact <laughs> that we got it right every single time. Absolutely. So this week I kind of wanted to start this one off with a public apology to all the women that Penny and I have accosted <laughs> out in nightclubs and in bars over the last month. And at professional networking events, literally and, everywhere. And it's not just the nightlife that no, we live for, although it's a big part of it. Yeah, we're definitely more confident after a martini. But yes. yeah, look, one, if you're listening right now, it worked. Yes. Two. <laughs> welcome. Welcome back. Welcome. Yeah, so we kind of took it upon ourselves to network with absolutely every single woman that we came into contact with. I since apologize we to the lady at Viedemont who I chased down into the elevator doors. I'm very sorry, but I was very glad to meet you. So hello if you're listening. Also, <laughs> networking event at Vidamond, that was fun. Yes. That was really fun. But yes, no, we've been I don't know if it's because COVID is over and everyone's really excited, but We've been to a lot more networking events mm. and at really awesome places in the past few weeks and months than we ever have before. And it just happened around the time that we started this podcast. So we were a little we were a little bit excited and just yes, slightly, we slightly have excited. Excitedly forced or let's use the word politely coerced. Yeah, um, forced sounds like we were aggressive. <laughs> we were very lovely. We yeah. were just it was a lot to take in. But we really appreciate everyone being so amazing and Honestly, I know we've said it before, but Tash and I are absolutely blown away by how supportive not just our amazing family and friends have been, but new people that we have never heard of or met before, people at these kind of networking events that have just had such positive things to say about the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and the most special thing about it is and what helps us continue doing this each week is, you know, when you start opening up about in this situation. So you go up to a random at a anywhere bar or whatever and we start to tell them about the podcast and, you know, one of us opens up about a really vulnerable experience we have, whether it's yeah. the, being asked for threesomes at networking events. Classic move. Yeah, classic move. Or just some of the stuff that we've opened about up about in the past few podcasts. It's really special because then what happens is and what we're really thankful for is that other women share their stories and it, it helps us all feel like we're not alone. This is yeah. both through the podcast and being able to bring it to everyone in person. So thank you. If you see us in person, please don't run because yeah. we will chase you. No, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll run I was going to say no one believes us now after you said that. Please stop. No, but it's been really special. So I did want to kind of start off with that. But Penny, did you want to introduce our topic for the week? Yes. So this has been something that's actually been requested a few times through our family and friends, but also through our DMs when we asked our community the other day what they wanted to hear from. So we are talking about today being overworked and underpaid and how to fix it. Yes. I think everybody at any given time within their career has always felt a sense of rather being overworked, underpaid. It's an awkward topic. It's awkward. It can be. I think, do you know what I like about it though? There's a lot of negatives in the idea of being overworked, underpaid, but what I like to look at it as is 
you are feeling an opportunity for you to level up, for you to, to yeah. take the next step in your career. Because when you're at that point, it usually is an indicator that something has to change and change isn't always a bad thing. This is a, an exciting thing. And I think I would encourage people here listening to be able to look at it as such because it can be quite daunting. It can be overwhelming, but yeah. there are ways to handle it that can make it come out as a positive experience. And I just feel like sometimes the conversation around salary in particular can become quite awkward. Yes. It doesn't have to be. It's More not, money, please. Yeah, it's a thing. And it's not just with your employees, though. Like a lot of people don't talk about it with their friends. I'm quite grateful. My friends and I, we're very open about mm. our salaries. And, and that's also what's kind of pushed us in the direction to know when we're maybe not earning what we should. Yeah. I think it was the first discussion that I had with my girlfriends over like a wine in our first couple of years of our careers when we kind of all went around and just opened up about what we were getting paid and we're all at similar points in life we all had done similar degrees so it was a really good sharing activity amongst us but I remember after that being like oh okay I'm I'm probably not getting paid what I should at this point yeah this is my time now to work out how I can get more it's a bit of like a stomach drop situation when you realize the level of your peers and, and and your friends as well and you're not really where it should be what do they say comparisons with thief of joy which yes. i completely agree with but comparison is you can't escape it and i think in terms of salary it is something that you should look at and it's not that bad to compare as long as you're comparing apples for apples and as long as you're having conversations with mm. the right people but there's so much that's changing in terms of even being able to have a discussion on this like there's something yeah. that's recently happened in the u.s around pay transparency so i think that it actually is a law now where you're you're not able to prevent your employees from being able to discuss it. Yes, yeah, some businesses. I've been in business groups where one of the groups had said that they have full pay transparency to the point where it's like every single person. Well, then again, government jobs. That's what they they're all pay. Trans- you know what everyone's getting paid. Like you know that if you reach X role, you're I didn't get know X. that for government jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them you didn't know whatever. I think because we've kind of lived in the the world that we've lived in, it's quite hard to to know. But a lot of people know what everyone's getting paid and especially when you're in like I don't know an accounts role or general manager role you know what you know what people are getting paid and it's not an icky topic it's something Mm. that I think what makes it icky is when you feel like you can't talk about it because we said before whilst it's not good to compare it can eat you up so instead of allowing it to eat you up and start feeling resentful I think it's really important just to have a chat about it talk about it and this is why these tips that we're about to share I think would be really really helpful because I don't know I think we've all been there and yeah I think it's also linked at times and this is similar to what we've spoken about on previous episodes that level of imposter syndrome like I I think when I've ever felt like oh uncomfortable about talking about it it's potentially because I maybe had that level of am I worth what I'm getting paid yeah and there is an element of that because you know like when you have moved up in your career, and like I do feel like I, I'm worth what I'm getting paid. It's always a great opportunity to be able to get paid more, but I do feel like, yeah, I'm comfortable with where I'm at. My point is, though, is that I think for people in coming up in their careers, it can sometimes be an uncomfortable conversation to have Absolutely. within a team. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that the more that we allow ourselves to know, yes, you are doing a good job. Yes, you are worthy and deserving of this salary and allowing that to kind of filter through to the wider team, then it becomes less of an uncomfortable thing. It's a spectrum of behaviors and emotions because on one part, it's talking about a discussion about being able to be paid what you're worth. On another part, it's not maybe 
wanting to have that discussion with your colleagues and co-workers. It's just there's a lot of nuances to it. Yeah, and I think we wanted to put it in together with overwork and underpaid because mm. pay is a whole you know, it's a huge topic. You know, mm. you, can, you can delve into different areas. You know, do women get paid the same amount as men? Well, that's not even a question because we know what the answer is. But the reality of it is that's not what we're wanting to go into today. What I really want us to discuss and delve in deep to and be able to help with is when you're feeling that defeated, overworked, underpaid, you don't feel like you're being valued mm. and you need to reclaim some of that, you know, power back, some of that respect back, and you're feeling like, and we've all felt like that, regardless of, we've got to keep in mind your manager, your business owner, they have 500 things on their plate. If you're feeling like this and you haven't told them about it, that is something that you need to take control of. Yes, in an ideal world, a manager should be looking at you daily, you know, for your growth, for this, for that. But they've also got to look at the whole business as a whole. So if they are letting things slip, it's not always a it's their fault. It's their fault. This is for you now to reclaim the power. Yeah, I think that is it's a really positive and this is where it comes back to making it a positive thing. You want to have a level of power and control in yeah. this conversation. I I've been in a lot of businesses and one thing that I will say is in some cultures pay rises it were not a discussion it was they must be bestowed upon you and the thought of asking for it was like a no you're not going to do that yeah now I think that it's healthy to have a level of both sides I love the idea of being able to be approached and recognized for really hard work but I understand to your point people can be busy life gets in the way things get intense people are worried about revenue it's a really different economic climate to what it was a couple of years ago people may not necessarily have that in the forefront of their mind. So I think that this is an opportunity to empower yourself mm-hmm. and to be able to go forward and find a real level of control in a situation that sometimes can feel very much out of your control. Yeah, absolutely. So, Pen, have you experienced this before and what's been your experience with it? Yeah, I have experienced it before. I think what was really interesting once, at one of my jobs, I found out what someone who had just been recently hired was getting paid above me and it was Mm. well above me and we were at very similar roles and we were sort of sharing levels of work. That's an excellent share because I can imagine a lot of people have been in that situation when they find out what somebody that they work with has got paid and they're like, oh. You're like, oh, okay. So getting hot in here is a little bit more than what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah, that was an an intense experience, but mostly because I saw something I wasn't meant to see and I was like, oh, okay, but you can't necessarily unsee it. And, again, it wasn't snooping. It was just there, sitting there, Mm. open screen. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a lot. But what I will say, what it did motivate me to do was to put some boundaries in and have some discussions because when the work was being given and I saw what was happening with this and I saw a a person who was – very much pushing to we need to delegate we need to have more resources actually gave me the the encouragement I needed to be like okay well if this person is getting paid this amount and this is the career trajectory then why don't I put something similar in place for myself like why am I putting my hand up to take on board all of this work mm. and taking on everything when I could actually be saying actually I need to put some boundaries in place here and say I need someone to come in and be able to assist me with this, to be able to perform the kind of role that you need me to do. There's no point in burning the candle at both ends for this. Yeah. Like, and that's an experience that I've had that was very like, okay, very eye-opening. Yeah. As I said, I think I think you're definitely not alone in that. I think we all have. I've, I've definitely experienced that before mm. where you're just kind of like 
I don't know why, but it it just it, again, and this is the goes back to our episode about failures. It's kind of like you just feel like, well, am I not good enough? It just you personalize it instead of commercialize it. It's a this is a commercial decision, and you just need to have a conversation that, like you would. Like I always say, it's like when a doctor's going into surgery, like they're very clinical about it, and that's how you've got to look at your pay sometimes, but in a commercial sense, you've got to be very commercial. Okay, mm. if this is you know not what I think I should be getting paid, someone's getting paid more. Have that conversation, like what you said, or allow it to set some more boundaries Mm. my experience is more on the overworked part so my first ever job so fresh out of uni like pumped to get into my first job ever and it was an office job and I remember I was so pumped to walk into an office I think we've all been there where you put on like your big girl office clothes (laughs) and I'm like I'm a big girl now and I was so pumped and I was hired as marketing now, if anyone that's been in marketing or, or entered an entry-level marketing role will know that for some reason, people just think the word marketing means everything. And marketing also means admin. Marketing also means calling, reception, getting everyone coffees, organizing breakfasts. I don't know what I was. Entry-level life. We I, love that. But I was not marketing. I was not marketing. So I'd come into, I won't go too far into details of this business because it's not right. But yeah, I was hired by this business as a marketing role. They'd given me a couple of accounts to work on, which was so excited. I was so pumped about it. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. However, I technically wasn't allowed to work in those roles because instead I was meant to be cold calling. So I was meant to be cold calling something like, I don't know, 15 to 20 or I don't know, I can't remember, it was years ago, but a lot of people a day whilst organizing calendars. Essentially I was an EA, which you know what? Can't be precious when it's your first job. At the same time, yeah. I was really excited to do marketing. Yeah. So I remember they pulled me into an office and I got royally told off. And it was, you know, you've done a degree. How can you not pick up a phone and call? Was what I got told. What else was it? I don't understand why you're not doing your job properly. Rah rah. I genuinely, I was just. I'd done everything that they wanted on the marketing end. I just, to be honest, I just hate cold calling. That's just not my vibe. Like, I hate it. I tried, but, like, I, and I just kept getting put down. I remember I remember on the way home after that first week, after getting told off by them, after telling – I was working my butt off. Like, at night I was coming up with campaigns for them. Mm. And, again, yes, maybe not my job. I might have overstepped the boundaries on my end. Yeah, but, but you were being proactive. I was just trying to prove myself as a marketing yeah. exec. I was trying to prove myself in marketing and all they wanted me to do was cold calls and I got yelled at because I wasn't cold calling. And I was yelled at. I remember I, <laughs> I think the exact words were, I don't understand how you can't just pick up a phone and make some calls. That's I was so like, nice of them. Thank you so much, sir. I went back. I remember I was on the train home and I called my dad and I called my partner and I was like, guys, like, is this life? Is this office life? Like, is this, is this it? Like, just tell me if this is what work is like because I need to know because I'm feeling so overworked and underpaid. Oh, my goodness. I, looking back on that, I don't know, I'd have to work out what legal rates were, but I'm telling you right now I do not think that what I was getting paid was legal. And I was just in tears and I spoke to my, my partner, my dad, and they were very supportive, very lovely. Mm. I spoke to my mum then and my mum, they were just like, you know, see how you go, do another week. I spoke to my mum and she was like, nah. Yeah, better than that. Yeah, you're not doing that. Nah, she's like, mixed strikes again. What what do you want to do? She's like, what do you want to do? Do you want to sit here every single night on your way home and cry because you're overworked? She's like, and what are you working towards? What right now are you working towards? If you're sitting there and you're working towards a big goal, then pull in those hours, do those hours. Who cares about pay? You've got that end result. Mm. At the end of the day, that's what matters, your end result. But if you don't have that, 
and you're not working towards that end result and you're just overworked and underpaid, then you're just going to be running in that rat race that everyone else is and you're not going to feel fulfilled. And I thought that was a really, really good way to kind of summarise it. And the next day I quit, I went in and I quit and I did everything right, but I did quit and and I'm happy that I did because if I had stayed there longer, I might not have got the job that set up my career. You know, the next job I walked into was a job I'm still in now, seven years later, and that move, you know, set up my whole career and fulfilment and purpose and I'm so grateful for that and this is where a lot of these tips have stemmed from our experiences where if you don't do something about it you're going to look back on the time and be like wow yeah that's a really good example of how you need to sometimes remove yourself from a situation I think there are some jobs and some scenarios that can be salvaged or changed or up leveled whatever it might be and there are some that are just not the right fit. Yeah. We've spoken about that before, you know, in the five reasons to quit your job today. Yeah. We were very we are passionate. positive people, I swear. We are. <laughs> deep down we are. But I think, you know, they're identifying what the opportunities are and when it's time to move on as well. That is actually a skill set. And yeah. you, you grow and build that in your life and through your own experiences. So it's a great example of that. And I don't believe that anyone should stay in a role where they feel that way. However, like majority of jobs, I would say there's an opportunity given the right conversation and the right set of circumstances where you can improve things. So part of that is one, being able to recognize when you're being overworked, which is what you did. And part two is being able to recognize and understand where you are in the market when it comes to salary and pay expectation. So we've experienced both sides of that. And I think it's really, I I hope that people listening find it helpful to be able to understand and and know that this advice comes from a shared experiences and what we have had happen in our careers. Absolutely. And and to be honest, what can continue to happen in our careers? Yeah. We're not the end of our careers. I know. Uh, just I'd because we're retired and we're at age we're... 30. But <laughs> not the end. But, yeah, I think the first tip that I really want to go into is to open up to somebody you trust. Mm. So if you're feeling like, you know, uh, to speak to what Penny just said, then it's, you know, Sometimes you are in your own head and you are emotional about it and sometimes you're just emotional. You've seen something, you've seen what someone's got paid, but you're not thinking about all the other things that you're not looking at. For example, you know, I've had a lot of situations where, and I'm sure a lot of people in different industries have experienced as well, where people see what salespeople get paid, you know. They are a low base with high commissions. You know, you, you can't look at a salesperson's end wage and be like, oh, you know, why am I this, why am I that? Because what you don't understand is that they're taking the risk with a really, really low base in some cases. But when you're just looking at it over a wage and you're like, oh, my God, they get paid so much more than me, they get this, they get that, they get that. And I've had those situations, especially earlier, earlier when we were quite small and people could see everything. <laughs> it's like, well, why are people getting paid this? Why are people getting paid this? And it's like you don't know the whole story. You don't know the whole story. You need to understand the context behind it, behind why some people in some departments mm. get paid X, why some people get certain perks. Yeah. Like, I think it's also about... When you find out what someone, maybe it's an associate of yours, maybe it's a colleague, a peer, whatever it is, when you find out what they get paid, it's less about them. What they get paid is what they get paid. That's their journey. Let them go on it. What you need to use is as a point of conversation on on how you need to 
either like increase your skill set to be able to get paid what they're getting paid or look at whether or not it's fair. But I think it's like when you get down into questions and it can get quite murky and I don't like it, when you're getting into questions of like why should they deserve it. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? It's not about that. And I think that's very unhealthy and it's a very toxic thing to be able to be pointing out, well, why do they get it? Why do they deserve that? It's not about that. But bring it back to yourself. Focus on you because that's the thing that you can ultimately control and change. You're not going to try and get someone to get a pay cut. No. Um, And that's just use it. Use it to be able to make it a positive case for yourself or reinforce what you're talking about for yourself rather than trying to compare and try and put somebody else down because you don't know what they've done to be able to get to that level either. And, and you don't know what their pay structure is either. Like you might see, you know, as there's people that, you know, you might be in accounts, you might be able to see or you might have fallen on your lap like yours did yes. in your situation, <laughs> Pen. But you can't be reactive to what other people get paid. Exactly. You've got to open up to somebody that you trust and that might not be your manager. That might not be your direct manager. That could be your HR. I'd suggest not going to anyone that directly reports to you because I, I probably think that's extremely unprofessional because you're as a leader but I think that you should go to somebody who you know potentially is at the same level as you in another business or family members like your yeah. your parents it's about having partners. a sounding board just a yeah someone to talk tell you they'll, they'll, they'll tell you yeah. they'll be like I've done before I'd be like oh I want this and I want this and I want that and and my partner he's just got to look at me and be like okay let's just let's just break this down why and I'm like ah yeah fair fair okay I'm just having a bit of emotional (laughs) just a bit of emotional today yeah I get it but opening up and having that conversation can work one or two ways either it can help you reinforce how you're feeling which is okay you're talking to your partner or your best friend or whoever it might be and you're saying I'm getting in at eight and I'm, I'm leaving at, you know, seven or mm-hmm. eight at night and more work just keeps coming through and it, it's getting really intense and you're either hearing that and they're questioning you on, okay, well, are you operating like this? What does your day look like? And if you're taking like two-hour lunch breaks and – Or have you told anyone? I've, I've got that question a few times. I was just like, okay, so that's a problem. Yep. Awesome. So what have you done about it? Yeah, have you and spoken like, about it? I'm like, ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I must communicate this. Get on this. Like, but it's, it's true. Yeah. They, they kind of humble you a little bit, your partners, which is great in some cases. We love but, them for it. Thank you, guys. They, they, we love them for it. But they do humble you in those situations because they kind of just turn around like, okay, cool. So what have you done? About yeah, it? you need to say something, which I agree with. But I think that opening up piece can work a couple of different ways. It can either reinforce how you're feeling or it can make you consider it in a different way. So we always recommend starting out that conversation with someone you really trust and you feel comfortable with yeah. because it gives you a sense of confidence of which direction Absolutely. you need to move into next. So for our second tip, we recommend you've had these conversations, you've thought about it, you're like, okay, this I'm either overworked or I'm not getting paid what I need to be paid. What we recommend is coming up with a plan. So It's my favourite one. I love a plan. Yes. I love plans. Yeah. Queen organizer herself here. So when I think about going in to ask for a pay rise with anyone, with it, whether it's manager, whatever, a job it's been, whatever, when I'm asking for money for someone from someone, I need to be able to take initiative and show them what I am worth. Yes. And and why? Yes. Why? It's not up to them to come up with why they should pay you more. That's not their job. Your job is to come up to why they should pay. Like that's, you know, you can say it any different ways. Yes, they're lucky to have you. Yes, you're a good employee. But it's also, okay. Yes, they should keep you. I I completely understand and respect all of that. However, you're the one who's asking for more money. So I believe that you should be the one at that situation to take the initiative and say, hey, look, like I want this, this, and this, and a plan. An example of a plan in that situation is say I'm a – Social media manager. 
Mm. Right. And I really want to be an all-rounder marketing executive or, or, or a head of marketing, say. And I want that and say, I know I want to be head of marketing one day. Okay. How am I going to get there? So then you'd go to your manager and go, hey, look, this is the job description I want. This is the pay on the job description I want. I'm here now. What do I need to do to get here? Mm. Is this something that I can do now or what do I need to do to get there? And if they turn around and say, look, you're not there yet for whatever reason, that's live. You say, okay, when's our next conversation? So if I work on all these deliverables and I get these to you in the next few months, can we have another conversation about my title and pay? Mm. It's about that plan and setting that plan for yourself so that you're really clear on what you want. If you need help with that, you chat to somebody, like we've spoken about in the past, mentors, your manager even, and just it could just be a discovery before it's performance review. It could yeah. just be a, hey, I'm pretty lost, I'm feeling overworked, underpaid. It's not on you, it's on me. I need to come up with a plan. How do I do it? Yeah. You know, it's not all on you in that situation, but it is on you to help justify it. And I think if you're at the level where it's okay, we've we've got the plan, you know the direction that you want to move in. When it comes to asking for it, mm-hmm. we also need to be able to plan in terms of being able to present yourself as a commercial element. Yeah. So it's like you need to look at, okay, I and it's actually very helpful in something that's outside of like a sales or a marketing yes. thing where you can show a direct level of revenue for the work that you contribute to on a daily basis. Yeah, we went to a um, Women in Breakfast event the other week and there was a fantastic lady who spoke about how she was working in a HR role and she found it really difficult to commercialize her role because HR is a very difficult role to kind of put a money figure to. It's it's not like a sales role where it's like I bring in X revenue, so mm. I want X pay. Whereas a HR role is, you know, it's a little bit more ambiguous. But then when you start breaking into it and, and how she was able to kind of navigate this is by bringing that commercial element to it and thinking, okay, how do I go to my business owner or go to my boss and say, I need to get paid more? Well, if I don't do my function to the best of my ability and my function, it leaves the business, you're going to lose, say, your three top performers, Mm. which in costs of re-recruitment, training, you know, the domino effect of that, it's going to cost you X. Yeah, exactly. So it's about like putting an X amount, a dollar amount to what your function is regardless of your function. Mm. And it's really unique the way she said that. When she said that, I kind of just looked at it and I was like, that is fantastic. That Mm. is such a commercial boss way to do it versus what I've been guilty of the past where it's just like but I work so hard I want more money and that's not that's not really how it works that's not no because your boss is going to find that money from somewhere regardless of big corporate or not like Mm. they've got if it's a big corporate even harder they've got to justify it yeah I think it's about yeah if you're making your role commercial and thinking about the functions of the business that you do in terms of a commercial sense that is a great way to be able to plan and prep and also I think when you're going in to ask for a salary review or ask for more assistance at work, I think being able to understand it and you prepare and articulate what you already do within your job. So, for example, I've been able to grow this. My, like, team EPS or MPS, whatever score is at this, like, I've been able to Which is net promoter score. Yes. Um, Or employee net promoter score, which is just really simple. Would you highly recommend... What is that? Would you hire? Would, would you, you recommend? Work, recommend working with this company to a friend, like out of ten, yeah, for example? Yeah, but basically, like it's like you need to be able to prove your case and explain. Okay, out of the your own KPI set, your key performance indicator, <laughs> how are you performing based on this? And this is how you can talk through it in in relation to your role and then in relation to salary review. So, in summary, 
come up with a plan, cover it all off, you'll be feeling good at the end of it. And it really does help to be able to feel prepared when going into these kind of big conversations that could be quite overwhelming. Absolutely. This one, okay, I know I said come up with a plan was one of my favorites, but this one is one I probably say the most to people and myself. And yeah, it's it's a really important one. It's probably the most monumental one that has helped me in particular when I'm really overwhelmed. It's take one step back to go two steps forward. When you're in the thick of it sometimes, I feel like you're like treading water and you're like, got to tread water, got to tread water, got to tread water. And you're, you're too busy trying to get through all the work that you're not actually thinking of smarter ways to deal with the work or delegating the work mm. because you're like, I've just got to get this done. I've just got to get this done. I can't give this to anyone else. I've just got to get it done. But sometimes when you take a couple of steps back and you look at what's on your plate and you kind of look at it strategically as your manager would or, or as a business owner would, regardless of your role, you step back and you go, okay, if I was a business owner, how would I deal with this? How would I deal with all this work? So this work is too much for one person. I'm feeling that right now. I'm feeling overworked. How do I fix this? Is there something that I can maybe automate? Is there someone else I can maybe delegate this to? Is there something that I can do faster? Say, for example, some of the littler jobs that I can get done to make me feel like I've Mm. got some. Or is there a conversation that you need to be able to have to say, okay, when you've really been introspective, looked over it for yourself, is there something that maybe it's just worth having a discussion saying, hey, this is what I have in the week. Is there someone that can help me prioritize what I'm doing yes. to be able to know, okay, I'm not going to be able to complete everything? Yeah, I think that conversation is so important. Yes, You're right. because it, that can be a really challenging thing when you've got like 50 things going on in a week and you're like, okay, where do I invest my time and energy? I think it's very natural to want to go and try to work through some of the smaller stuff and then leave the chunkier things till later. When in reality, what your business might need or what your manager might need is the big stuff done and the little stuff can wait. Oh, you said about Pinterest a a week ago when you were talking about what happened there. But I did it when I first started the role I'm in now, years ago in, in customer service marketing, I spent so much time on social media and I thought like, I've got to make sure the comments are right. That's what they're looking at. That's what they're looking at. That was 140% of what they were looking at at all. <laughs> but it wasn't until I had the conversation and I was like, okay, cool, like I've done this, this, and this. And then I'd get the, okay, but what about this? Mm. And that one, this that they were really concerned with would have taken me, you know, half a day. Yeah. It's, and it, yet I'd spent oh, five days on things that I thought were important. Yeah. But you only know this if you're able to have that conversation. So when it comes to being overworked, Taking that step back, being able to analyze, okay, what is it that I'm working on the week? What is it that is sucking up the most of my time? And finding a way to either outsource it, reprioritize it, delegate it if you have the capacity to, or get something taken off your plate by your manager or by Mm -hmm. a team member. That is how you start to kind of unravel the problems of being chronically overworked because there is a solution there. You just need to be able to identify and articulate properly what it is because when we're overworked and when we're feeling flustered, the first thing I would do is like, oh, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed, I don't have time to do this. That one hour of you sitting down, writing down what is going on, what is happening, I promise you it pays dividends in the long run. One thing you just said then kind of made me feel like, and we kind of said it in the beginning as well, but I just want to be really clear. 
when we're talking about this, we're talking about this in a healthy workplace. There are workplaces where you are just yeah. purely overworked and underpaid and it's just not right and you just need mm. to leave. And that's the red flags things that we've spoken about in the past. But should we be really clear, when we're talking about this, we're talking about a healthy environment, a work environment that you want to be a part of, but you're just feeling overworked and underpaid. There's two completely different conversations if you're in a workplace, like the one I brought up earlier, mm. where they're trying to give you five employee functions in one to save money and paying you nothing. That's not try this and do this that's just like okay goes to a recruitment agency and find another job yeah but what we're talking about here is if you're if you are in a healthy work environment but you're just feeling overworked and unpaid which is very normal yeah it can happen to you especially now that businesses are changing so much oh, more scaling rapidly fast scaling or also having to like you know in COVID I know for a lot of businesses that hit hard they had to scale back a lot of their teams and Absolutely. people were taking on a lot in order to be able to maintain it and keep the jobs they had while things were changing now businesses will like ebb and flow that's the nature of of working in retail and, and companies so I think that being able to look at that and knowing that you're in that kind of place where you can have that conversation that's really important and if you can't yeah definitely start putting things in place to be able to get yourself out of that kind of environment but if you're in a healthy environment that's something that you should be able to do with your manager or with your direct report Yep. Now, here we go, Penny. This feels like this one's a very you type <laughs> tip. Practice saying it in the mirror. Okay. So I would say tip number four would be loves, practice loves. asking for more. So again, we yeah. bundled these. This episode is about knowing when you're overworked and knowing when you're underpaid and how to be able to fix yeah. it. So when we're talking about practicing, we're practicing having these discussions yeah. because Asking for a pay rise or asking for more support at work, it can be really nerve-wracking. So it is important to practice. And it sounds like a really silly like No, I've done it. I've thing. done it each times. Absolutely. I've made people sit down and be like, okay, listen to this. Is this okay? Yeah. But okay, what if I say it this way? But people <laughs> seriously underestimate the importance of being prepared for something. And no, also right. the more prepared and the more confident you appear, the more likely you are to get what you want. Because confident people, I don't know, there's something magnetic about them. They do get the what you want. So oh, I love practice notes. I'm a note taker. Yeah. I like write like how to say this. And <laughs> I'm chronically not that person. But oh, I think I having a level of preparation yeah. makes you be able to go into it. And it, it links back to being able to plan and know what you want when you walk in there. But practicing in front of the mirror, power posing, I knew yeah. it would yeah, come yeah, back. Yeah. Bring, That's why I linked it. I bring linked your it. confidence back through that. But you get a few comments about the power posing and BTW. People yeah. are really I'm telling it's, you, it's a thing. It's it a is thing. a thing. I, I think I linked it in my show notes a, a few weeks ago about it. Awesome. We yeah. will put it back in there today because it is a thing and I want everybody no, I to try it. I'm going to do a little like power pose, feel confident. But this serves for two functions. One, it gives you the appearance of more confidence. And two, it, on the other side of this, if you haven't prepared, I think that if, if I was hearing this as like an, a manager or an employer, maybe they think that you're not as serious about going somewhere else if they say no or or having repercussions because if you have a level of preparation and you're going in there back like, look this is what's happening this is my role this is what's going on you've, you've practiced it you've been able to like, properly articulate it I would be like okay shit this person's serious I need to really like take on what they're saying and think mm -hmm. about what they're saying and uh, look a great manager or a great leader should always want to listen to what you're saying but people are people yeah and sometimes that extra level of confidence and preparation really helps you get what you want yeah so the next one would be to make sure that you're looking at your role and your values holistically. So I think times have changed since COVID has just absolutely shaken up the workforce. Mm -hmm. 
We work from home was never an opportunity or a thought process for a lot of businesses until now. Yeah. I think not only has it changed businesses, but it's changed the minds of employees. We're, we're quite happy with sometimes, I don't know, a few people that I've spoken to and a lot of the surveys that I've read as well, people are happy to kind of to have a lower lower salary so that they have the work perks, so that they have the work-life balance. People are valuing different things now. They're happy to take a bit of a cut if that means that they have to work less, they get more balance, they're able to work from home, more flexibility, and they have those boundaries set. Yeah, I think in the case of like when we're looking at this, like your role, your position at work, it can come down to more than just your salary. Yeah. And so I think that what we're trying to, to say is that when you have these kind of conversations that maybe maybe the business physically can't afford you more money right now. Like maybe yeah. there's just not they're not in the position to do so. You have the opportunity here to be able to ask for other things to supplement what's happening. You know, we're in a world where things are inflating, hmm. interest rates are rising costs are going crazy at the moment. So maybe it's something as as simple as, well, can I have a work from home day for half the day of the week so I can save on petrol, so I can save on And to make you find your winning as well. Like give you something that's important to you that you value that Mm -hmm. might might not be money. Yeah, or even just like what you spoke to before, like the flexible hours. Or maybe it's even something as simple as, okay, we can't offer you an increased salary at the moment for whatever reason that might be. But maybe there's something else, like maybe there's another type of perk, like assistance with further study. Yeah, and upskilling. Yeah, yes. yeah, upskilling or, yeah, no, no, definitely. And it's not a long-term solution, we understand that, but that might be an interim thing to be able to, to oh, get you to the next stage. You know, how many people were on pay cuts during COVID? There's a lot of, like, yeah. short-term things that we've had to do, unfortunately. Yeah. And it, you know what? There's a lot going out there in the world right now, and I think it's just important to kind of, Remember what your values are and yeah. just try and find a win where you yeah. can. And we get it because like we're not stupid. Like we understand like a pizza party isn't the same as a pay rise. But love pizza. I think that there is a time and place to be able to have a level of compromise. Yeah. And if you have that kind of employer or manager where you can have that discussion, that frank, open, honest discussion with, that's really important because you know, I want to get paid a million dollars a year, but I'm not necessarily going to get it. And it's that level of compromise and understanding with an employer that will help you have the kind of results where you both walk away feeling good about what's happened. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And the final one is if the answer is no, don't give up. You're not going to get a pay rise every single time you ask for it, no matter how great our tips are. If they say no, it's fine. Cool. Okay. Well, then how do I get there? Don't get disheartened about it. No, but that's a discussion. It's like, this is what I want. You might have come with them to a plan. You might not have. You might just be having the performance review discussion. You might just be chatting about it and they might go, look, it's not something that we can do at the moment. Okay. So when do you think it's best we can have the discussion? And what further materials can I bring to help cement this moving forward? Yes, exactly. Being able to be prepared, being able to have something put in place because if that was me and I didn't be – and we've actually had an experience with an employee before where we've had that discussion where we weren't able to give them what they wanted. But what we did was we said, okay, this is not – where you're at right now but these are the things you need to be able to do to be able to get there yeah and we then locked in on the spot that day a discussion for six months time to be able to review that and have that conversation again yeah and i think that's really powerful i think that's really motivating to be able to know okay it's not a no forever it's a not yet 
Yeah, I like that. Yeah, definitely. So being able to have that confidence to be able to have maybe next year you might have more bargaining power. Maybe there might be something more that you can do to upskill yourself or change level of performance. Or maybe the businesses it will be in a healthier position financially to be able to afford those things. There's lots of different things that can change over you know a financial year for a business. So it's also about keeping that in mind, knowing that if it's no, not to give up. No, you it's can always good. have that conversation again. Yeah. Now, all those tips, well and good. If you do need more resources to help you kind of get through this and navigate this, Mm -hmm. I'd suggest potentially going and seeing a recruitment agency. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is I think it's important to have discussions. You're not being disloyal. You're just being educated. Mm. You're educating yourself first. Yeah, and you're educating yourself on what's out there with an expert recruitment agencies that's their job their job is to find to be in the market to know what people should get paid Mm. to know what's out there for somebody of your skill level so they're probably the perfect person to just have that really warm chat to it doesn't have to be like a I'm going to leave my job I'm ready to go it's more like I'm looking I want to know what I'm worth in the market can you help me if I was to look at another job or if I was to look at you know a similar role within the same business, what could I be looking at? Is this right? And just having a conversation with an, with an expert, that's, that's the Yeah, role. that's what they see every day. Like they're going to be exposed to so many more salary and pay discussions. It's basically, it's a life hack being able to have a discussion with a recruiter. And, you know, sometimes that might lead to another role that you might really, really love, or Absolutely. maybe it just make, gives you a level of confidence to go into a discussion more prepared based on this. Our second resource would be online pay calculators. So I think it is worth having a look at the industry standards benchmarks, looking at what you should be getting compared to your peers. I've actually done this before in previous roles, and it's actually, in some cases, it's given me a bit of a shock mm-hmm. in a positive way, being like, wow, that's actually the median or the the lower end of the scale from what some of my peers might be getting. It made me feel really kind of quite good about the role that I was doing and what I was getting in terms of remuneration. So I think being able to use those tools to be able to further a conversation if you feel like there is a discrepancy in terms of pay, even in terms of title for the role that you're doing, if you feel like you're like being overworked and you might need a support team member, for example. Yeah, or even just finding a role that you like. Like it could be, okay, I'm in this role now, I'm not getting paid, but maybe my role, that's my ceiling. Maybe Mm. my ceiling is that I can only get paid so much in my current role, in my current business or in like the industry that I'm in. So it's kind of like, okay, well, I really want to get paid X. All right, what gets me paid X? Have a look. Have a look at those online pay um, calculators and those. You can literally just look up like what does X get paid on Google. But looking up those things and just having a look and being like, okay, well, what's the function of this job? Okay, cool. That's what I want to work, work towards. Is yeah. this something that I can do within my business? Not really. Okay, where do I need to go to do this? And kind of working backwards from what you want to get paid. If that's what's what's important to you and that's okay. <laughs> when I was younger, it probably wasn't as much of a thing for me. Pay. I was more like, let me earn it. Let me show what I've got. I interned for two years for free at like three different places. You can get paid a cent. And it is because I really wanted to experience it. I wanted to prove myself. Whereas now I'm in a position where, you know, I've got a mortgage. I need to earn money and it's it's become a important thing of mine. So that, and then I think the third one would just be mentors. Again, we've spoken about it before, but there is somebody that you want to be 
similar to in a similar role, like whether it's title or what you can assume they would get paid, the lifestyle that they live or whatever it is, get in contact and just be like, hey, look, I'm here. I want to get there. How? Is there some tips you can give me? I think that's really, really important. And as I said in the past, you'd be surprised how forthcoming they are. Yeah, you never realise how excited people are and willing to help are until you have that conversation asked. So be bold, just go for it, ask the questions. You'll be surprised what you'll learn about people and what advice they're willing to offer for free. Absolutely. That is the end of our episode, Overworked and Unpaid. Let's fix it. We really hope that this has helped you guys out. Thank you so much for going into our question box and allowing us to include this into our episodes. Yeah. This is for you as much as it is for us. This has been extremely helpful for us doing this podcast and educating ourselves Mm -hmm. in different areas. But please, if there's anything else you want us to chat about, keep them coming through. We will do them. This is proven fact that we will. And we will see you again next week. And don't forget, if you like this episode, please rate, review, subscribe. I sound like a broken record. <laughs> I it's okay. I to ask, but please, please do it. And we, we really love and appreciate the support. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye. Bye. Bye.